Oh my gosh, I am super stoked to bring you all the interview today with Ash Cash. It is a phenomenal interview. He talks about how to land yourself on large stages. He's spoken with the likes of T.D. Jakes, and he got himself in the press by utilizing a press release strategy that he shares in this interview. You do not want to miss this. Grab your pen and paper. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast, a podcast where we teach speakers how to land paid speaking engagements and corporate contracts. Each week, we deliver high-quality content that teaches you how to level up your speaking business. Be sure to join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group after having your mind blown by this information-filled episode. Now, here's your host, Ashley Kirkwood, lawyer and professional speaker. This is the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. Hey guys, it's Ashley Kirkwood back again with the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. Here joining us, we have with us Ash, who's going to introduce all of the powerful work he's doing in the financial services, speaking, and authorship um, industry. He is dynamic. And I'm going to link you guys to his um, speakers reel because I thought it was pretty dope. It was like very Tony Robbins-esque. So I want you all to take advantage of seeing all the greatness that I witnessed earlier. So thank you so much for joining us, Ash. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate you. Yes, we are so glad that you're here. So tell us about yourself, who you are, who you serve, and who you speak to as well, because I know that's a stream of income for your business. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, my name is Ash Cash Exantis. Uh, I am a wealth coach, personal finance expert, author of seven books, three of which uh, were bestsellers. Uh, I help people change their mindset uh, in order to manage their money better. Uh, I primarily speak to urban professionals and entrepreneurs, uh, but I do also uh, a lot of work uh, within the college circuit. Um, and, and I do a lot of volunteering in uh, urban you know, environments and you know, speaking to uh, you know, those who uh, are from the inner city, really just giving them inspiration, motivation uh, to you know, maximize their full potential since you know, I'm someone who uh, grew up in the inner city as well. So what is your story? What led you to entrepreneurship? Uh, I've been an entrepreneur all my life, honestly. So I grew up uh, in your know, typical uh, inner city story where uh, my mother, you know, my mother was a single mom, uh, raised three of us. So I have a brother and a sister. I'm the youngest of three. Um, and so my mother, uh, you know, at an early age, wasn't making enough money to make ends meet. And so when, you know, when I would go with her to the supermarket, I noticed that there were kids who were packing bags and making money by helping other people uh, with their groceries. And so I said, wait, why, why can't I do that? And so at eight years old, uh, I started packing bags and realized the power of entrepreneurship, the power of sort of taking your financial destiny in your own hand. Uh, from there, I graduated. So by, by the time I was 12 years old, um, you know, I grew up in Harlem. So, uh, you know, in, in the in the 90s, uh, there was, uh, you know, 125th Street was the place where you would go for street vendors. Um, and so I, you know, at 12, I used to sell T-shirts. I used to sell mixtapes uh, on 125th Street. And from that point, in, in fact, that's how I got the name Ash Cash, because I, I always, you know, always had money. I was always a negotiator. I was always a business guy. Um, and then, you know, it just continued until, you know, uh, I became a teenager uh, and figured out, all right, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and so 
um, you know, once I started to, you know, I, I got a job, I was working uh, at a video store first, and then I started working as a teller, uh, you know, a, uh, in a bank, um, kind of did everything in banking and kind of, you know, worked my way up, uh, you know, through every position within the bank. Um, and then I, it, I just got the itch, you know, so, you know, so, somewhat, somewhat, you know, somewhat like how a lot of entrepreneurs um, just know, like it's, it's in them that says that there's more out there than working for someone else than uh, just, you know, sort of doing what they're currently doing. Um, and so I, you know, I took a, a leap of faith and, and decided to be an, uh, you know, full-time entrepreneur. Um, and that's, you know, that's really the story is just kind of uh, knowing that, you know, I, I want more control over my destiny. Uh, I want more control over my financial freedom. Uh, I wanted more control uh, over my lifestyle as well, right? Like I didn't want to, you know, work 60, 80 hours for someone um, and not, um, you know, and, and know that I, I was disposable at any time. Uh, not to say as an entrepreneur, you don't work 60, 80 hours. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. you don't, you, you know, you do work those hours. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're working those hours and you see the direct uh, result in the direct benefit from working those those hard hours. Yeah, yeah. I think those are all really, really good points. So what is the name of your company and what does your company do now? Yeah, so I have so two companies. Um, my main company is MindRight Money Management. Um, and MindRight Money Management is a financial planning uh, business business. Uh, it is a financial education company. Um, and I also have a company, Ash Cash Enterprises, which is uh, where mainly my speaking business and uh, as an author. So, I, so I've so i written seven books, which I've all self-published under my uh, imprint, One Brick Publishing, which is a subsidiary of Ash Cash Enterprises. And so uh, there's two companies. So there's one uh, that, you know, uh, with MindRight Money Management, uh, we have courses, uh, we have uh, books, we partner with brands where we do uh, spokesperson, you know, spokesperson, um, uh, initiatives and 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 really uh, kind of drive you know we do white label financial education for for companies uh, and then there's me which is you know Ash Cash Enterprises which is my speaking business uh, and my books. Okay, perfect, perfect. And how does speaking play a role in your business? Yeah, I think so. Speaking uh, is the it's like the the anchor of the business. Without speaking, for me, uh, I don't think I would be where I am today. Because it's like speaking is your audition, right? If I'm asking someone to buy my book, if I'm asking someone to buy my my program, uh, if I'm asking someone to uh, hire me as a consultant, as their coach, the best way to do that is for them to feel me in real life. I know that because of social media, a lot of times people sort of gravitate towards, okay, I'll do an online course. Um, but there's just, you know, life is energy. Yeah. And there's just a different type of energy when you're able to feel someone in real life. Like, you're, I agree. you know, like you, like, like when, when you get on that stage, you can tell through body language, through tone, through how passionate they are. Like you can really feel them and say, wow, this is the person that I want to, you know, that, that, that I want to listen to. I want to buy their book. I want to buy their program. I want to be engrossed in what they do. The person I trust. Exactly. Exactly. You build that trust. And the great thing about speaking also is that it's not only when you're on the stage, right? You actually get to connect. I mean, if you're one of those speakers, because I've seen speakers who come in, they, they do what they do and then they leave. You know, I'm one of, I'm a type of speaker. When I do a conference, uh, I like to, 
get there early, sit with the crowd, kind of, you know, get a feel for the crowd, stay afterwards and really kind of talk with them. And so I feel like um, for me, speaking has been my uh, calling card. That's been my, my sales tool that I use that, that has been able to allow me to have, you know, this level of success. Definitely. I totally agree with that. And I think what you're saying about speaking being in, or life being energy is so critical, especially when everything's online. A lot of people, we do a Speak Your Way to Cash live event series where I teach speakers how to get paid to speak and we do it in person. And a lot of people are like, are you going to record it? And I'm like, well, maybe, but I love it being in person. I mean, that is where you feel the vibe. And we've had people that have flown in from all over the country, all over the world to attend. So a part of it is they just want to be in the room. They want to feel the energy. They want to connect with other people. And that's missing now. So I'm glad that you brought that up. That's a phenomenal point. And I want to differentiate here because the two areas, the two ways that I've seen speaking grow my business personally, because like you, I have the law firm, Mobile General Counsel. So I represent entrepreneurs and trademarks and contract law. And then I have Speak Your Way to Cash, where I speak at colleges and corporations on my signature speech, which is the currency of confidence. But when I'm speaking at a college, they give me a check and then I get on stage. Mm -hmm. But through Mobile General Counsel, I may go and speak at a large conference for free and then sell in the back of the room or tell people about my services. And I've built a substantial business by doing that. So when you think of your speaking business, whether it be speaking on stage for free to sell in the back of the room or to sell otherwise or getting paid to speak, which one would you say makes up the most amount of your time? Oh man, that's a great question. I think I, I would I would say um, I would say more speaking, um, you know, more spe- getting paid to speak. Honestly, yeah. because I do I do a lot of work with colleges uh, yeah. that you know that pay me to speak, and then also a lot of the conferences that I do, um, you know, they do you know I do get um, you know a, a, a fee. Um, to to speak, uh, I do. I have done, and I do a lot of um, free um, events. But for me, um, it really depends on uh, who's throwing the event, the size of the event, and does it make sense for my brand? Because I've been at that space where I've done a lot of free events with the hopes of selling at the back of the room. But if it's not the right event, right? If it's yes. if it's not the right people at the event. Uh, then you're really going to be selling yourself short. And so, um, you know, I'm very particular about the types of speeches that I do for free. Um, and so I'll give you an example. So, I, you know, I, I did a big event recently uh, that had, you know, you know, T.D. Jakes, D- Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, 1,500 people. And it was the inaugural event. And so I did not get paid for that event. But... Uh, I was able to, like, you know, like you mentioned, um, I sold a lot of services. I sold, you know, I, you know, I have books. And so I sold out on, on, on books. Um, I was able to build um, a, a really good email list to follow up. And, and based on, you know, that email list, being able to get people to purchase my services, um, which honestly, I, I, I might have made more through, you know, books and emailing folks and, you know, then I would if they would have gave me a check, right? Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, you know, and so... The ideal and so, situation is you get both. You get paid... Exactly, exactly. Sell. You're getting paid on both ends, but Absolutely. I think you make a phenomenal point and it's one that I do want to drive home for the listeners because a lot of people are newer speakers and when you're newer, 
you need to speak as much as you can, period, because yes. you need to get good or you need to be an expert. So for you, it, I've seen some of your engagements or I've seen you online. I've heard you speak. So you have both, right? You're a really great speaker and you have a really deep um, knowledge base that people mm-hmm. need and want. But for people who are speaking on more of a general topic who maybe aren't experts in their field, you need to be really good at speaking. Absolutely. Like really, really good. And you only get really, really good by getting on stage and experiencing all the flaws that come with live events because it's live. You can't edit it out. <laughs> and, and, and that's a great point because, um, you know, I've been speaking for over a decade. And so um, my earlier speeches, it, it was it was an evolution. Yeah. And so when I first started, I was, you know, I was speaking at churches. I was volunteering at schools. Uh, I went to, I even went to prisons. Right. And, and kind of did a lot of that work. Um, and then when I first started charging, it was maybe small events doing maybe 20 to 30 people. And then it started to graduate, graduate. And, um, you know, honestly, it comes down to, yes, uh, you need the experience because I believe with the experience, you build a level of confidence. And that level of confidence is what makes people feel you in the larger spaces. Uh, and so, you know, I remember my first time speaking uh, to a crowd of like 2000 people. Um, I was nervous, but I was prepared because I had given maybe a hundred speeches prior to that. And the topic that I was talking on was something that I was very familiar with. And so I think that, you know, that's another thing that any new speaker needs to understand is that, yes, if you're an expert and you have that confidence level, then you may be able to say, okay, I'm an expert. So I'm going to start trying to get these bigger, bigger gigs. But imagine you get a bigger gig um, and you flop, right? And you fall on your face and you don't, you know, that confidence level, like you're too confident and that confidence level doesn't translate well to that audience. Um, Now you have a bigger pool of people who are going to judge you, you know, with social media, the word can get out and you could, you could almost tarnish your reputation. And so for me, I, you know, I feel like, you know, when I, when I was doing, and I don't like to use the word free because yeah, um, right. There's a there's a value, right? So when right. when I when I was doing unpaid speaking, mm-hmm. uh, there was still a value. Like I, you know, there was a win win. They got someone who was in, you know, the person who, re- who ran the program got somebody who can help uh, impact their audience. But then I also uh, got experience. Uh, if you know, video potentially, a testimonials potentially, mm-hmm. and which is gold in this absolutely, industry. Absolutely, it's gold. So, the better your video, the better your rate. <laughs> I, I know that is, that is a fact. And I'll, and I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll share something, uh, prior to this year, actually prior to this year, I was charging five to 5,000 to 7,500 for a speech. And literally, um, I was so busy doing that. I didn't realize I had so much good footage, right? Like yeah. I was just like doing stuff, doing stuff, doing stuff. And so at the top of the year, I was like, I, like, I want to start charging more. And so, you know, I sent all my videos to my videographer and they put two reels together. One was a TV highlight. The other was, um, you know, you know, speech that I did at a, at a college. And like, literally, I was, you know, I felt con- when I looked at the videos, I was like, wow. Like, OK, so now I felt confident enough <laughs> to increase my price to 10,000. Um, and now, you know, I was able to book a couple of speeches this year at that $10,000 mark. Yeah. Um, and it's to the point where uh, by next year, 
my goal is to up it more, right? To make more money than more yeah. than 10,000. Um, and so I'm looking at the 20 to $30,000 range, but partly because, you know, I've been able to uh, speak on some very big stages now. And so now taking those videos and putting those together and kind of, you know, you using that. So to your point, you know, the better your video, definitely the more you can, you know, you can charge for sure. It's so true. I mean, literally I had a speaker's reel that I, when I first started, I put it together. It was just old speeches, like old phone footage, like really just bogus video footage. And I found a guy on Fiverr who like compiled all this bogus footage together and he put, and then it was like this bogus footage. And then I'm a, I'm a legal expert for a station in Chicago. So they had this random, like good footage in the middle. And I'm like, I just can't send this out. But I was so worried that someone would be like, oh, where's your reel? And I wouldn't have one. So I was like, I need it in case mm-hmm. they ask, but I cannot send this out. And then I did a TEDx talk and I was like, well, this is way better than the reel. So I'm just going to send out the TEDx talk. I sent that talk out. Book, book, book. No one needed anything else. They didn't need, all they needed was that footage. And it was really because the TEDx that I did hired a great video team. Yes. So it worked so well. And then now with doing all the different college engagements that I've done, I've gotten, I've, I've, I've learned to just pay the money, have a videographer and a photographer with you at every engagement. Absolutely. And the one that I found from New York, he was so good. He he asked the right questions to get yep. the right reviews. Yep. And one of the students was like, yes, she's the best. She needs to be at on every college campus in America. And I was like, that's it. Exactly. So I totally understand what you're saying. Um, and this is also good. And you're, you have so much information I want to go through. One of the things is when you're doing these free events, what are the criteria that you use to determine whether an event is good? I know you mentioned size. Are there a few others? Because people listening are like, my mom asked me to do something free. My grandma asked me to come to her church. My friend's doing a conference with 10 people. Like, how do I sift through what I should be doing for free and or for an unpaid engagement? Because you have to get something out of it as well. Right, for sure. But what, um, what are some of the things that you look at? And what are some of the things you would have looked at when you first started that you didn't look at that you think newer speakers should be aware of? For sure. Um, and so I think, I, I mean, I, uh, size for me matters if there's um, program, you know, uh, products and services that I'm trying to sell, um, meaning that these are products or services that I'm trying to sca- uh, sell, sell that are scalable, right? And so, right. for instance, if I'm trying to sell a book, if I'm trying to sell, you know, I have a subscription-based program uh, that's $24.99 a month. And so those type of events, I mean, those type of products, I want to sell those to, to the masses, right? To, right. More, to more people. Um, but size doesn't matter if it's a, a small, intimate crowd, right? So let's say, for instance, if um, it's a group of lawyers uh, and it's 20 lawyers that I'm looking to uh, manage, you know, manage their money for them. Uh, but I, but I charge a higher fee. And so I, it's really looking at what are the products or services that you provide and how can that organization or audience help you reach whatever sales objective that you're looking to, 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 um, fulfill. I've done, you know, I did one recently. I did a, a recent event here, uh, you know, in Atlanta, uh, with a radio station. Um, and it was a, maybe about, you know, 30 to 40 people who showed up. Um, 
But part of that was a bigger play where I'm building a relationship with the radio station. And so the radio station uh, has four stations. I've been on three of the stations so far and they've helped me, uh, you know, spread my word out. And so when they ask, can I speak? I, you know, I'm not going to say, well, give you know, I need money to do it. Right. Right. And so, and so I think it really, you know, it depends on the relationship. It depends on the size. Um, there's so many different criterias. I think one of the things that I would have looked at, uh, when I first started was what is the value? So not only putting it, you know, uh, putting value on only money, really putting a value on, uh, you know, what will the organization get out of it and what will I get out of it? And really, you know, it is a great exercise to do, like really, you know, put on paper, okay, you know, if I speak at this community center, um, what do the, the community gets out of it, right? Is this your right audience? Are they going to be impacted by your story? Can you help them? What are you going to get out of it? And so, um, you know, I haven't done sort of like small community center uh, events in a while, right? Uh, partly because at this stage of my career, I'm not sure if I'm as effective as I once was, where there, there were situations where, let's say, if I was still living in the same communities or... Mm -hmm. uh, if I was younger, I'll be honest, right? So when I was in my 20s, it was easy, right? Because I still spoke the lingo. It was easy for me to go into, in, into these communities and really have this conversation. Uh, and, I, and I remember that, you know, there was a time where I did a speech um, and it was a favor to a friend. Um, and, I, you know, I, I just, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I got older. Uh, my experience is different. And it was a small, intimate event. And I did, I, you know, I, the speech was great, but I looked at the crowd and, and, and they weren't, they just weren't connecting. Um, and part of that was because um, the folks that I was talking to weren't necessarily my people and I didn't connect with them and, and their, um, my message didn't really connect. And to speakers, I want to say that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to not connect with everybody. Like I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to motivate everybody. I want to connect with the people that can connect with me. And so from that day forward, I said, for now on, I'm not doing favors as a speaker. If you want me to speak, whether I know you or I don't know you, it has to make sense. It has to make sense for my brand. I need to know the demographic. Uh, and partly that's why I have a, um, a, a, you know, a speaker survey that if anybody asks me to speak, I send them the survey first so I can get a full picture of what the event entails. And I think that all of those different details are what that are the things that I look at to see whether it makes sense to speak or not. I want to know how many people, but that's not only the determining factor. Right. What's your audience? Who, you know, who's going to be there? What other organizations? Like, I need everything to know whether this is going to be beneficial or not. And how much did they pay to be there? Because for me, what I've experienced is there may be an event that's free, which yes. will attract more people. It's harder for, if, you, if I have a free event about how to build ice cream, how to make ice cream, yep. people are going to come who don't even care because it's free. And right. so if someone pays $2,500 to go to an yes. event and they have 15 people in a room, they all pay $2,500. I just flew yep. to Miami to do a conference similar to that. 
I want to be there because they aren't going to balk at me having a $2,000 trademark service or me having a, whatever my high ticket offer is. They're not going to, or not even high ticket, whatever my price range is. They're not, their main motivating factor for things probably isn't only price. It is value. Yes. That's a a great want. Like you want to get the four people who invest. If you have something that requires an investment, you want to be before people who aren't afraid or who aren't um, put off by making an investment. Yeah, no, that's a great point because you're absolutely right. Uh, like, and that's actually one of the questions on my survey is, is this a free event? If not, how much is, you know, how much are people, char- you know, how, how much are you charging? Because that's a great point is that I realized too, that those who have skin in the game are more likely to spend money with you as well. Meaning, Way more likely. <laughs> exactly. Meaning that uh, my free events, I hardly sell stuff because people are not, you know, will, you know, or, or the type of people that free events uh, draw are not ready to spend money. But if not all the time, but but, you know, majority of the time. Right. But those who spend money, who, you know, have spent money to be there, it is an indication that they are ready to invest in themselves. And so if you provide them the right type of value, they'll also continue to invest in themselves by way of your product or service. Yes. So those are all really, really, really good points on that. And then one of the things you mentioned is a radio show. So I've been on radio and media in Chicago. I know that you've done quite a few um, television and radio appearances yourself. How did you get your first media appearance? And do you currently have a process by which you reach out to the press? Or is that something that have they just haven't been has it been inbound? Yeah, so um, it's been both. So my first time being on media happened through uh, doing press releases. Uh, in fact, um, you know, I've heard and I've like recently heard this from somebody who's a PR person who said, oh, don't waste your time on press releases. And I and I was like, OK. And I, I listened and I didn't want to be combative. But I mean, to this day, press releases have worked for me. Um, and I'll give you a prime example. Last year, um, I released a book um, called The Wake Up Call based on Jay-Z's 444 album. Um, and I did a press release based, you know, I, I did a press release announcing the book. Well, based on that press release, um, you know, Billboard magazine did a write-up. Money magazine did a write-up. Yahoo Finance reached out to me to do a, a, a video interview. Uh, Cheddar, uh, I did a vid- video interview there. Uh, Pix11 in New York. Um, and so I was able to get a lot of media based on putting out this press release. And so that's one way that has worked for me. Uh Quick commercial break. I know for a fact you are enjoying this interview because I am loving every minute of it. Now, look, we've talked about how to get press, how to get on large stages, how Ash started his career. If you're a speaker sitting at home listening to this and you want to learn how to grow your own speaking business, you want to know how you can have these results in your business, then you need to attend Speak Your Way to Cash live. August 31st, 2019, we will be doing the event in Atlanta. It will be off the change, off the chain, sponsored by Fiverr in Chicago. We'll be doing it October 31st. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes. Let's get back to this interview. And one of the things I would say that makes an effective press release is that do not focus on yourself on the press release. Focus on 
something that the world cares about, something that is bigger than you, that the um, producers of these shows or writers or editors, uh, they will benefit from it. So for example, uh, the reason why, and call it divine intervention, but the reason why people were so interested when I put the book release, uh, the, the press release out was because Jay-Z was also up for eight Grammys at the time. And so he was already in the news cycle. And so now when I added that layer of, you know, I didn't say Ash Cash writes a book about Jay-Z. I said, right. you know, Jay-Z's 444 album or, or financial expert, right, you know, uh, deciphers Jay-Z 444 album, something to the effect yeah. that you know, made people pick, pick it up, you know? And so press releases work for me. Um, social media is your best friend because that's worked, that's worked for me, uh, tremendously. And so I, um, I mean, you never know who's following you on, on social media. You never know how wide your uh, topic can go. Um, hashtags are really, really huge. And so what I learned, and again, this was sort of almost by accident, um, I learned that a lot of um, people who are in the media will will search hashtags. And so if they, let's say they're looking for a financial expert, they might, you know, they might search the hashtag financial expert or wealth or, you know, uh, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, and they'll, they'll see uh, what's coming up. The good thing about hashtags is the way the algorithm works, especially on Instagram, um, is that, the more popular your post is, the higher it's going to be when they search for that hashtag. And so for me, uh, because I have a large presence on social media, uh, you know, mainly on Instagram, uh, when someone's searching for a hashtag or something, something of that nature, uh, you know, my, my post is usually up higher. Uh, I have done paid um, uh, media, meaning, you know, I pay a, a, a PR person to, uh, promote a you know promote something uh, that's his, that has been effective as well um, and so it's, it's been a, a mixture of paid uh, media meaning paying a PR person but then also the organic ways of just sort of putting yourself out there uh, but then also um, you know using press releases I I do think that another thing that people oh, don't on the press release point I wanted to ask you this question because I know some people at home are like okay, well, who do I send this press release to? Did you purchase a list um, of people to send it to or did you purchase distribution for your press release? Because it sounds like you wrote the press, your press release yourself. Yeah, so I, so I, I wrote the press release myself um, and then I used a, a, a PR wire, right? And so there are a lot of free PR wires out there. So if you just type in PR wire, uh, you'll see a bunch of free ones. Uh, then there's some that you pay for. Um, for me specifically, I was targeting the African-American demographic. And so I use blackpr.com, right? Uh, blackpr.com, I think I, went, I paid maybe $250. Um, and they, you know, they, they send your, your stuff to 40,000 targeted, Afri you know, African-American uh, publications. And that, and that worked for me because uh, Ebony Magazine picked it up, Black Enterprise picked it up. Um, so some of the big, you know, the, the big names yeah. in black media uh, picked up, you know, pick, picked it up. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so, so, you know, I, I guys, do, by the uh, way, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And that, and that's why you, you know, I, I think one of the things people got to realize is that again, producers, are, uh, editors, they're under pressure, Big to pressure. Not, 
right? Big pressure, not only to uh, give content, but give different content, new content, engaging content. And so if you can craft your message in a way that makes it engaging and, and, and makes it inviting and, and something that people want to hear, um, I think that you'll have no problem trying to get media. Yeah, and controversy does sell. So you can have a different, if you want, first off, one of the best books that I read on getting yourself on television was um, Make It Rain by Ariva Martin. I thought that was a phenomenal book for specifically getting yourself on TV. But I do my own press as well. And the way that I got my legal expert spot was by sending out pitches to the same, like I would send 15 pitches before they actually had me on. But then once you're on, they're going to have you back as long as you perform when you're on air. Because like you said, they don't like looking for new people. Right. Like I've been out of town and they're like, well, can you just call in? Cause we don't really want to have someone else. Come on. <laughs> like, right. We only want, yep. we don't, we trust you. We know you'll read the stuff. Like, come on. <laughs> so. Yeah. And that's a great point because, because I think, yeah, I, and that's a great point because I, I remember, you know, when I, when I lived in New York, my first time on PIX11, I did such a great job that I became a recurring guest. Like you, you would yes. have thought I worked there as many yeah. times that I've been on Pix 11. And, and, and that's a great point because once, you know, again, because the producers are under pressure, they're not going to keep taking chances on new people. So once yeah. they do, you get your foot in the door, you do a, a great job. Now, you know, you, you can continue to, 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 to be invited back. Yes. No, this is really, really good. And I'm so glad that you shared that because press releases, um, I've always directly pitched editors and not done the, the press release route because you do hear that all the time. Like, oh, it's a waste of time. Who knows if it works? But the fact that it's worked for you means that it's still working. And so Absolutely. that's definitely something that you should consider. And $250, even if you do the paid one, that's nothing. That's not a big deal. And I don't know if that's still their rate, but I will link to it in the show notes so you all can check that out because that is phenomenal. So you've been on large stages and there are a lot of speakers here who would love, whether it's an unpaid engagement or a paid engagement to get on stage next to TD Jakes or anyone of that stature. How have you been landing on those large stages? Did you pitch them directly? Where did you find those engagements? Talk to us a little bit about that strategy. Yeah. So um, a few have been through um, relationships, you know, it's just, um, I think, I think one, you know, to, to the point of social media, a lot of times people do not engage you for services because they do not know you offer those services. Right. And so for me, I make it a point that I am always posting videos of me talking. And in my captions, I'm saying, to book me, please reach out to this or please hit this link or whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. Because I want to remind people that I'm not just giving you positive quotes, that yes, I sell books, Yes, I, you know, I speak, you know, yes, you know, I have a coaching program. And so a lot of the big stages, one, have come from um, relationships that I've built um, and, be, and, and just sort of like raising my hand, like, you know, as far as, you know, to, to your point of, you know, pitching over and over, um, you know, I've done a lot of work with Black Enterprise. And I think I, at one point, I, you know, I wasn't on their radar that I would pitch them and pitch them and pitch them, but I wouldn't get anything. Um, and it's just a matter of being consistent because that, you know, potentially at the time I was pitching, I just probably wasn't a good fit, you know? Um, and so I, so, so part of it is building relationships and being, being consistent in pitching. Um, others it has just been them finding me, 
you know, I did a I did a conference uh, not too long ago in D.C., uh, which was which, which a lot large audience um, was one of my, you know, my five figure uh, speeches. And it, they came to me and they came to me by way of a speaking bureau. And so the the um, they were look, you know, they were looking for um, a speaker um, you know, and, and, and honestly, I, I really don't know how they came across me, you know? Um, but after, you know, they reached out, um, or, or, or the event organizer told the speaking bureau, this is who we wanted. I wasn't on their roster. So the speaking bureau reached out to me anyway and said, Hey, we would love to book you for this speech. Um, and it actually turned out that they said, if I do a great job, that they'll actually put me on their roster. And so now, you know, from doing a great job, they want to put me on their roster. And, you know, they, you know, I've been, you know, I've been, I, I've had access to other speeches through them. Um, and that so, is a good point. And bureaus, you guys, for those of you who don't know, there are people out there in the world <laughs> who compile lists of speakers and promote them on their platforms and they have their own clients and they will promote you and market you and, and potentially get you engagements or help the client find engagements, but typically you don't get those opportunities to be with the bureau unless you have so much business on your own that you're making a buzz in the market. So it's not like every speaker, you're a brand new speaker, you go to a bureau and they book you engagements. That's typically not how it happens. They manage demand. They don't normally create demand for you without you having your own demand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are awesome points. So this is really, really, really good. In terms of finding engagements outside of the large stages, do you have a process where you're pitching consistently every week to colleges or to corporations and conferences? And how does that look? Do you do it on your own? Do you have a team that you work with? Yeah, so I, I do have a team that I work with that uh, helps pitch, uh, you know, specifically colleges. I think that with colleges... Uh, and this is something that I've done recently where um, join organizations that already target uh, speak, you know, uh, that already targets the people in colleges that pay for speeches. Right. Absolutely. So, 100% agree. You know, so, so, so two, so two organizations, right. You have NACA, uh, National Association of College Activities, and then you have APCA, APCA. Um, don't ask me what APCA stands for. I don't even know what APCA stands for. But <laughs> if you get memberships in APCA and NACA, APCA is a cheaper membership than NACA. With your smaller membership, schools. yeah, smaller schools. With your membership, you actually get a list of the people, and the list is updated annually you get a list of the direct contact of the person who's cutting the checks to, to book speakers. Yep. These two organizations, they do conferences. And when you do the conferences, what they do is they bring people uh, or colleges from all over the country and you get to perform in front of those folks. And if you do a great job, you can actually get booked right on the spot. Another conference that I do so have uh, you, you done because I do APCA conferences pretty heavily. I just keynoted an event for them in New York, and it was great. Got business. Mm -hmm. It was a great experience. I I yep. have not done a NACA conference. Have you done the NACA booking conferences and found that it'd be really valuable? Yeah, I haven't done I haven't done NACA uh, yet, um, but I, I have done uh, NCSL, which has has been uh, good for me, which is the National Conference of Student Leadership. Yeah, um, and 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 that. 
is all student leaders from around the country. Um, and, and the great thing about NCSL is that it's a, you know, four-day conference. Um, and so not only you get an opportunity to uh, speak and do breakout sessions, but you also get to eat with, the, with, with these people. You get to connect with them, go out with them. And so you build relationships with different leaders within those colleges. Um, and that has been, uh, you know, that's ha that has been uh, lucrative for me. Uh, what I've used APCA and NACA for are for their lists. You know, yeah. I haven't uh, had the opportunity, but, you know, to kind of go out there but I have used them for their list. And one thing that's good about having a list is because, you know, the list is, you know, based on follow-up, uh, you can start pitching them. And so I have a team um, that helps pitch those um, that, are, you know, that you don't even have to, it's not even that costly, right? And so for, for, for new speakers out there, um, if you go to upwork.com, uh, Upwork is a place where you can hire freelance people to do things for you. Um, and so I have a young lady uh, that is that works at Upwork um, that really doesn't charge me that much, uh, meaning that if, you know, if she helps me book one, uh, you know, one speech, that covers what I would have paid her for 10 years, literally, like not even Whoa. exaggerating. Yeah. Right? Not even exaggerating. Yeah. Like it would literally pay her for 10 years if she books just one. Um, and so I think that using, and, and, and here's the reason I don't, you know, for mo mostly, I do not reach out initially um, because of optics, right? Of how it would look if I'm reaching on my behalf. Um, for me, if somebody reaches out to me or if somebody, um, you know, wants to book me, you know, I, I definitely jump on those calls because I want to build that relationship and make them comfort, comfortable prior to that. Uh, but what in my experience, I've noticed that it's better, um, even if it's you sending out the email, it's better to send it on behalf of yourself, right? So instead of yeah. saying, hey, you know, I'm Ash Cash, I want, you know, can you book me? You know, it's, hey, you know, my name is Melissa and I represent Ash Cash and I wanted to introduce you to Ash and here, you know, here he is and things of that nature. Um, and just, and, and this might be true. It, it, I, I'm not saying this as fact, but for me, it's worked in my experience that um, a lot of times when I reach out directly, I get um, less responses than if I have somebody reach out for me on, on my behalf. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And, you know, I do, for colleges, I do, I have someone else who sends out the emails she sends the initial email as me. When they respond, she follows up as like my assistant, which she is my assistant in real life, but like she follows up and she's like, I can book a time with you on Wednesday. And I do all of my calls on one day out the week because we both run other businesses. So it's not like I'm at home at my computer trying to send out these emails all day. Like I don't have time for that. Like I actually do have stuff to do. So, so you really should um, have a system that works for you. And I think it's a great point of having someone else reach out on your behalf because it does look more, um, it looks more polished. It looks like there's a whole company working behind you, which there right, is. Sure. And so it's good that people don't just throw it in the trash thinking you're some random speaker trying to get on their stage. So that makes sense. And then two, have a link in that initial email. So even if the email is two sentences, which the shorter emails get responses to earlier, mm. um, have a link to your demo reel. Or the link that I send out when in my initial email to colleges is like, hear what students have to say about me here. Mm -hmm. It's just like here and they just click the link and I track when they click the link. I track when they view it. And it's good because once they see that video, almost a hundred percent of people respond. Yep. Now I've also tracked 
how having a crappy website can hurt you and how having a nicer website can help. Because my first website was so bad. People would look at the website or they'd look at my little crappy one sheet, which is fine because you have to start. You have to start somewhere. Start, they right, look right. at it start and they like, yeah. would not respond. And I could tell because I track yeah. everything. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a better website. And I was telling my husband, like, I got to get a better website. You see, we're looking at this website, like, this girl's not serious. So, (laughs) So I do think all of that stuff matters. This is such good information. So where can we, where can we find you? And for people out there who need help with managing their finances, who want to get better at that, which is probably everyone (laughs) listening right now, what should we do first? Yes. So no, absolutely. So, um, you know, definitely you could connect with me at, on my website. I am ashcash.com. Um, everything you'll see, everything that we spoke about, right. You'll, you'll be able to see both reels. I have a television reel. I have a speaking reel, uh, but then I, I, you'll also see, you know, the books that I offer, but then also, uh, my, my personal financial management, uh, program called the mind, right legacy program. Um, and so you, you could connect with me there. I am ashcash.com. Anybody who's looking to, uh, you know, help, you know, manage their money better. Uh, it starts with the mindset. Uh, I can't begin to tell you, uh, I know people who make 30000 a year who are struggling. I know people who make 300000 a year who are struggling. It's not the money. Newsflash. It's not the money. The more money you make, all it does is enhances what you are already doing. So if you're managing money the wrong way, with a little bit of money, you're gonna manage money the wrong way with a lot of money. So it starts with the mindset, retraining the mind and learning the proper ways to manage money. Once you start you know, understanding how money works, right? Meaning that instead of working hard for money, money needs to work hard for you, right? Change that relationship with money. And once you understand that, you'll make better decisions with your money and you'll use money in a different way um, and I think that's the first step. And so definitely, um, and I can help with that. You know, I have a 21-day Mind Right, Money Right challenge uh, that's on my website as well, where I help people retrain their mind. It's a 21-day, uh, you know, activity that you go through, helps you retrain your mind um, in order to manage your money better. But but I think that's the the, ne- the absolute first step is, is, is changing uh, your relationship with money. That is perfect. And tell the Speak Your Way to Cash audience about the free resources that you're going to share and how we can take advantage of those and how best we should utilize those. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so um, I do offer a a free ebook uh, that is titled 12 Steps to Financial Freedom. And so in order to take advantage of it, so it's a free ebook, you don't have to pay pay anything for it. Um, And it's not like one of those free ebooks that's like fluff. Like it's actually like a real book that you will get a lot of information from. And so if you want uh, access to that, uh, just text MINDRIGHT to the number 47474, or no, wait, uh, text MINDRIGHT to 474747, um, and then you'll get instructions on how to get uh, the free ebook, um, and that's MINDRIGHT, so M-I-N-D-R-I-G-H-T. Just text that to... Four seven four seven four seven, uh, and then you'll get a text and, and get access to the free ebook. Perfect, and I will definitely be sure to put that in the show notes as well. And let us know your Instagram handles and your website URL and any email address we can use to stay connected with you. 
Yes, no, absolutely. So definitely, again, check out my website, imascash.com. Uh, you can also, if you're interested in uh, personal financial coaching from me, uh, you can go to mindrightlegacy.com. Uh, but you can follow me on all social media platforms, I am Ash Cash. So that's I am Ash Cash on Instagram, I am Ash Cash on Twitter, I am Ash Cash on Facebook. Uh, if you want to hit me directly, uh, you can email me info at I am Ash Cash. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ash Cash. I learned so much from this interview. It was chock full of knowledge. I know this is going to be one of our instant favorites. We always have people who listen to the podcast. They're like, well, are you going to have them back? Are you going to have this person back? So I'm sure I will get tons of requests to have you back. I'm going to link to everything. And thanks for listening to Speak Your Way to Cash. Mm -hmm.